We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Gaming Golf, the Pebble Beach edition, where we'll preview this tournament. We'll talk about the impact of the Saudi Invitational, and we'll wonder, is Jeff Ritter ever going to be trapped in an airport again? Will he ever be doing another uh, podcast from the airport? Tune in and find out. Welcome, everybody, to Gaming Golf. Uh, as alluded, this is the Pebble Beach edition, also known as the uh, Quad Cities Open, apparently, looking at the field this week. Uh, it is, Scott, we were sending an email, like, Scott's like, I, I, I'm probably ready, but let me look at that field first. And like, oh, it's painful. <laughs> this is the week of the Saudi Invitational. Also kind of the unofficial, maybe it's even official kickoff of the competing tour that we're about to see. Big issue in golf. You know, it's one that we usually don't deal with in fantasy, but we're going to have to deal with this if this c- does come to fruition. It's one of those things like if you are a golf reporter, it's been on your mind for a while. I don't think the general golf public has been following this issue as closely, uh, but it's a, kind of upon us now. Yeah, this is the week where it really gets real, right? Where you just see what uh, a competitive, a competing tour might do to the PGA Tour product. Um the Saudi Invitational this week is is really the flagship event on the Asian Tour. The players who are competing, I think there's 21 of the top 50 are over there. Uh, honest, they all receive a special exemption from the PGA Tour to play in this one. So uh, PGA yeah. Tour granted the exemption, but also said this is a one-time exemption. This isn't you know permission to go play half your season on the Asian Tour or whatever it may be. So, but there's definitely you know, this, this competing tour thing is not going away. It's, and it's something the PGA tour right. is going to have to face head on. And, you know, first salvo this week, they, the tour let the players out to go play in this. And so this is what you have, you know, it feels like, I don't know, it's quad cities open because it's still pebble, but it's a very depleted field. And didn't they uh, do like, uh, okay, you got to play pebble two of the next three years or something like that. Uh, or is it the trade off or Xander got upset about it because like, he doesn't like playing the AT&T with the celebs in the long round. So he was uh, right. he was upset about it. Yeah, I think there's there's some sort of stipulation you have to play. I think you're right. I think it's two of the three next years. So we'll see if they actually fulfill that, right? Yeah. I mean, th- they might come to, okay, 
do what you're going to do. We'll see what happens, especially if this other tour takes off and it actually is popular uh, and gets a lot of uh, players. But I know Rory was talking about the impact of appearance fees, which is kind of part of the word rich because he's already taken appearance fees. So, you know, and it's kind of like it seems like a little bit of gatekeeping to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't begrudge Rory for you know, it's it's nice for somebody to say to speak out and present the other side of this because that, that needs to be said. Of course, mm-hmm. like you said, Rory's taken appearance fees before. So I don't know. I mean, the one thing I wonder about is what's to say the Saudi event stays in its current spot on the calendar? You know, that's just another way they could sort of skate around and let, let the guys go play pebble, but still have their event potentially and ask for another exemption. Are you just, I don't know. These, these two worlds are just, they're on a collision course and they're already starting to kind of bounce off each other. And there's just, there's going to be something bigger coming where mm-hmm. I think the tours, the two tours are just going to have to learn to work together because there's just too much money over uh, behind this new venture that it's just going to continue to to lure top players away and they're going to want to go. So they're going to have to figure this out. Yeah, it could be a little. And I think it's also a little bit of a case of biting the hand that's fed them all these years. It's like, you know, all these players that are going to be drawn have gotten insanely rich on the PGA Tour. I mean, they've earned it. They've, they've, they've been great, but it's because the tour is built up a lot of these fees, I mean, a lot of these big uh, pools, and of course they've got endorsements and all that because of this, but we'll see. I don't know. It's it's a very, it's it's a tricky issue. I don't want to be like all anti-new because sometimes that the new thing can bring in a little bit more excitement too. So we'll see, but uh, it's interesting. We're, we're looking at this field this week after last week, having a loaded field and a very fun yeah. tournament. I thought uh, now we got this. So let's, let's briefly, and uh Talk about our reaction this week. We'll start with Will Zalatoris, who just withdrew from Pebble because of COVID, uh, but had a, put on a ball-striking exhibition on Friday and a really bad putting exhibition on Friday. Still had a 65. Still almost won the tournament. But, man, he, he, he really needs to learn how to putt. It seems like it's always the short ones too. Like it's these like these like six to twelve footers that it just seems like it's a toss up whether he makes those. Whereas you know you get the percentage on most guys a lot higher and just a couple of those. But man, he can strike the ball. But I, I was really happy to see Luke List win. He's what 37, 38. Yep. Had never won on tour before. Had all these great you know tee to green numbers and ball striking numbers. Just couldn't make a putt. And you know I guess if you have a problem making a putt, you might as well hit it to six inches on the last hole to win. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 right. Uh, so, and uh, it was kind of weird. Uh, I like the Wednesday, Saturday schedule, to be honest. It was fun. I don't know if I'd like it every week, uh, but I think it was super smart to do it, uh, to avoid the conference championships in football and who day, but, uh, sorry, I had to get that in again. Uh, it, it was something I think I'd have a hard time getting used to if it was every week. I think it's good that they did it this week, but I'm not sure if I'd like it on a regular basis. What do you guys think? Yeah, it no. felt a little disjointed. It felt strange to be starting on a Wednesday, but then at the same time, I get to Sunday afternoon, I, I mean, we want to lock in on those NFL games. I mean, the, they were epic, right? And congrats yeah. to your Bengals, but it just wouldn't yeah. have. And the NFL, especially for whatever reason, these last couple of weeks of the playoffs have just been unbelievable, just sucking the life out of the rest of the sports calendar. So it was, it was smart for the PGA Tour to, to slide it back for this one week. And I would expect they'll just keep doing it. it going forward and not to avoid the conference championship round. Yeah. I, I would, I would hope they wouldn't do it more than that though. I mean, I just, uh, I found it weird too. Like it was weird to turn on Saturday and there was the final round. I just, I missed, I missed the Sunday. I like, and I like the Super Bowl weekend where they actually get the, they get the Phoenix tournament kind of goes up and the Super Bowl starts so late. That one works out really well, but they, it was a smart job, but, uh, 
yeah, I wouldn't want it. To, I wouldn't want it to too many more weekends than that. I'd agree. Um, I think there might be a push in some circles to try to do NFL Sundays, like in the regular season, try to avoid those too, because the NFL is still king. But you know, we'll see about that. Um, it was Wednesday. It was kind of weird. I want another thing before we get to Pebble. Uh, Wednesday, I was watching the coverage like on the PGA Network, and they shut it down early. It's like at two o'clock or something. I'm like, wait, why? Oh, and they oh, it's because they had this commitment all along to this college tournament. I was like, eh, that's kind of lame. But then I was like, you know, I'm kind of into this. I was enjoying watching the college tournament uh, and seeing some, you know, getting some scouting for future years and seeing some of these guys, uh, seeing the kid from uh, Wake Forest looks really good, like he'll be a good pro. Uh, the kid that won it from, uh, uh, you know, you know the, the kid that won it from Arizona State, uh, you know, they looked, he looked pretty good too. So you never know. Uh, you might start getting an early scouting. And it's, I, when it's, when there's nothing else on, I like watching college golf. It's just, we're missing actual live coverage of P- the PGA tournament. I'm in a lot of trouble going forward in our league if you start scouting the college players. Uh, yeah, I, I won't do it right. Uh, that's okay. You're fine. Uh, but let's talk about Pebble. Okay, we we acknowledge it's not a good field. Let let's start going through that field, and you, you'll get an illustration of that uh, with the Zalatoris withdrawal. There are three golfers in five digits. There's Patrick Cantlay at eleven two. Daniel Berger at 10-5 and Jordan Speed at 10-3. Two former champs in Cantlay. Uh, what do you guys make of this? We'll start with you, Jeff. Uh, my first reaction is I, I regret using Cantlay in the one-and-done pool a couple weeks ago where I didn't anticipate him becoming the head and shoulders clear favorite, like, you know, two weeks later. But yeah, uh, he deserves it. I don't think I would pay up for this in in daily fantasy, and I, I haven't even checked the odds on him uh, as a straight ticket bet. But uh, overwhelming favorite, favorite, deservedly so. I mean, Zal Torres was the second choice, and now he's out, so it just furthers that gap from you know Cantley to the rest of the field. Uh, Berger is sort of interesting, you know. Is, I, I think he's isn't he the defending champion? I pulled yes. that up. He won this last yeah. year, right? So yeah. yeah, still playing great. Uh, Spieth is is tempting, but uh, I don't know. I probably just stay off this tier and and start to make a living in the nine thousands. Yeah, uh, according to MGM, Cantley is uh, plus six fifty. It's 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 Rom like in terms of his, his odds. There, you're not going to get a whole lot of payoff for that. Scott, anything else to chime in on on the, this top tier? Yeah, but I think the thing that the thing that Zal Torres withdrawing this is it really just sucks away any chance of any of these guys being lowly owned. I think it just everybody's percentage goes up. Um, if you can get Cantlay, I think a lot of people will. I really like Daniel Berger this week at ten five. Uh, Jeff mentioned defending champion, but also fifth in twenty twenty. He had a top ten in like twenty fifteen. He was 20th last week, but never fully got it going. Played okay, but it was kind of around and didn't kill you if you had him. He was fifth in tournament champions. I just look at his TD Green approach numbers. They're just so good since last summer. I think that he's uh, – if I'm going to go someone up here, it's him, and it's definitely not Speed. I know everybody likes Speed this week because he's had so much success here over the years, but, man, you look at his stat page. There's a lot of red on that stat page recently. He's yeah. not hitting the ball very well right now. Yeah, and shockingly enough, shot, shots gained approach matter here uh, as yeah. they do every other single Big tournament. Big time here. It's one of the uh, – I think I think uh, Pebble is the lowest average uh, drive on tour because there's not a lot of places to really let it go. And right. um, you're going to have a lot of shorter approaches, and that's it, it's key this week. It, it's key It's key every week, but it's especially key this week because you can't kind of overpower this course. There's not a lot, a lot of long driving holes. Yeah, and Speeth, is his approach has been awful this year. That's where he's hurting the most. And add in the fact that he got hospitalized for an illness during the tournament last week. Uh, 
it's just everything's adding up against him there. Yeah. So you're I, putting you're putting a lot of faith in the course history and the fact that like this is where he turned it around last year. And I just right. I think that right. feels feels very narrative street to me. And I'm I'm gonna go current form over that every day. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. Let's move on to the nine thousands. Jason Day's at ninety nine, Maverick McNeil ninety McNeely ninety eight, Justin Rose ninety six had a really brilliant uh, Friday. Uh, Cameron Tringali also coming off a good tournament, 95. Seamus Power, 94. Matt Fitzpatrick, 92. Streelman, 91. That's a name we haven't mentioned a whole lot this year. And Kevin Kisner at 9,000. Scott, do you like this tier? Who do you like in this tier? It's a it's a fun tier. It's hard because these are these are names we usually don't see in the nine thousands. But it's right. just, just the strength of this field. You've got to just get that out of your head. And I look at Maverick McMillan, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't be his ninety eight hundred. But then I'm like, oh, I kind of like what I see here. He's been top five here the last couple of years. Um, yep. He putted well last week, but kind of lost on approach. Um, but top thirty the last five weeks, just playing well. Um, I really like Justin Rose too, just based on the fact that he just hit it so well Wait, last week. You like game, Justin Rose? I know it's rare. It's rare. What? He gained 5.4 approach last week, 6.17. I mean, like my problem with him last year was like when he played well, it was kind of like a weird putting week and all that kind of stuff. But he was T3 at the U.S. Open here in 2019. He was T6 at Torrey last week. Um, I just really like how he's playing right now. He's just hitting the ball really well. And my third guy in this range, I think is the most fascinating guy for me, is Matthew Fitzpatrick. He's 9,200. I, I like his game for this course. Uh, he was 12th here in the U.S. Open in 2019. The only thing is he hasn't played in a couple months. He has not – he played last played on the Euro Tour in November. He played in Dubai. He was second in that tournament, so he played really well. Um, I like his I like his price in this field. I like his odds to win, but my, I do have a little bit of concern about, you know, coming off a couple months of rest, but I think it's a very good fit for Fitzpatrick. How dare you diminish the work he did in the Hero World Challenge and it's the true. 20-man tournament. But, no, I'm with you on that, yeah. And that, that – I think that speaks right. I wanted to queue up the uh, Alonzo Morning gif uh, when you're talking about McNeely and his yeah. price. Like, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> Jeff, what do you got for a senior visitor? Love the Fitzpatrick pick. Uh, McNeely is intriguing. I d- didn't hold it together well on Sunday at Torrey Pines, but played his college golf at Stanford. Uh, just kind of feels like a player that's on the rise. But now it's, it's still back-to-back top five finishes for him, and you just feel like his time is coming. Uh, I don't know if you want to pay up that price in a daily fantasy game, but I think, I think McNeely is going to win somewhere soon. Um, the more he puts himself at, there on Sunday, the faster it's going to happen. I'm intrigued by the Jason day comeback story. Uh, you know, he, he also, he was there on Sunday. Didn't, didn't really, I think he missed the playoff by a shot, right? So he was close, but there's something yeah, about Jason day. when yep. he's healthy. I mean, when he's right, he was as good as anybody. And I, you know, I kind of want to buy into this comeback and he's always been a pretty good West coast player. I, I don't think he's one at pebble, but I 12 for 12 in terms of making the cut, which if you're going to pay this price, you need more than a cut made. But uh, I, I've always kind of liked him on the West coast. The cynic would say, well, he's healthy at the start of the year. And then you know, he <laughs> has a lot of ailments that seem to crop up with time. He's one of, he's kind of one of those guys that um, he can get banged up throughout the course of a year, but he looks right now. And uh, I'm, I'm kicking myself because I was in on him in our season-long auction, and I, I let it go, and I have regrets. And I'm, I'm going to be watching Jason Day this week as well. Who got him in that league, Scott? And I don't, can't imagine who that was, but that was uh, – it was – it's funny because someone outbid me on Ricky Fowler, who I didn't want to bet, but I had to just for personal preference. And I got outbid. I'm like, I'm just going to get Jason Day, who's also one of my favorite players. But Jeff mentioned course form here. He's got seven straight top 11s at this tournament. That is a wild stretch. Yeah, um, I'm buying top five, top five, four of the last five years here. Wow. 
Yeah. I mean, 99 is not where we'd expect to pay for him, but no. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about Jason Day later, maybe, perhaps. Uh, eight thousands. Well, actually, before we do that, would you go two or three, you know, two or three guys in the nine thousands and avoid the five digit tier? Maybe, uh, is that, is that, I mean, you only have two guys if you're, you're not using speed. I think you almost by definition, you, it's very, it's very simple to go two guys in the nine thousand. That's what right? I, that's what I like this week. Yeah. Well, although I still, I, I think Cantlay is an amazing, like one and done pick. For that for that format for for daily fantasy, I would I would I like the nine thousands a lot this week. Yeah, I mean it's chock full of guys. We didn't even mention Seamus Powers and Eifert playing well. Kevin Streelman's at ninety one hundred, and he and Larry Fitzgerald dominate the uh, the pro am. And that's right. Streelman's been top twenty here six years in a row. Like it's he's thirteenth, second, seventh, sixth, fourteen, and seventeen. Like you look at it, it's just a crazy course history. There's there's a lot of names to play here. I I probably start with like. A burger Fitzpatrick start is probably the way I go on my main team. But yeah, you go to, you get two or even three guys in the nines. It's, it's a matter of finding cheap guys, which I think is going to be the hard part for us. Yeah. All right. $8,000 tier. Ryan Palmer's at 89. Lanto Griffin, 88. Biz Wiedenhut, 87. Brian Harmon, 86. Tom Hoagie is at 85. Is it Hoagie? It is Hoagie, right? Yes. I, uh, yeah. I always get that wrong for some reason. Uh, Matt McKenzie Hughes is at 84. Mito Pereira, friend of the podcast, 83. Uh, he's honorary friend. He doesn't realize, but he's a friend. Uh, Denny McCarthy is at 82. Charlie Hoffman at 81. Matt Jones at 8,000. Jeff Ritter, who do you like in this tier? I mean, friend of the podcast, Mito Pereira is tempting. I, I you know, he played his way into the kind of the battlefield promotion last year, winning three times on the Corn Ferry Tour and looked the part on the PGA Tour. I think he was fourth in the Olympics too. Didn't he just barely miss the podium? I mean, he was like very close to becoming a bigger name in golf and was just like right around it a couple times. And I, his he profiles as more of a ball striker. I think that's a cheap price for him this week among the others. Uh, Ryan Palmer's off to a nice start this year. And I'm just going to keep saying the name Christian Biswedenhout because I think he's going to become, I think, I think this is the year for him and this might be the spot. So I'm just, I'm still stretching that one out because we didn't hope uh, he's just sure. is continuing to be on my watch list, uh, especially at this price. And especially because you don't need big hitters necessarily here. Right. I, I like him a lot here. Uh, I, I think he will be on my, maybe all of my rosters. I might start building around there. Pereira also has four solid rounds uh, last week at Torrey Pines too. Didn't dominate, finished 25th, but. You know, he he was a solid earner for us last week, and now he's up in price a little bit, but still pretty affordable. Scott, what do you like out of this group? You guys kind of stole some thunder for me here, I have to admit. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah, I love Pereira and Christian Bez. Christian Bez is probably my favorite play of the whole uh, tournament here at 8,700. He's missed one cut worldwide, so PGA and your events since November of 2020. Like, it's just a great stretch for him. Gaining really well in approach. Jeff mentioned the lack of distance doesn't hurt him here. It's a perfect setup. Um, Torrey was never going to be his track. I really like him. Uh, I really like him playing at uh, all these courses. I mean, I, I know Spyglass is the toughest of three, but um, MPCC, you can really get your guy. If you're going to win this tournament, you really got to get MPCC. Um, and I love Pereira too. Gained uh, 3.7 on approach last week. He only finished 25th, like Jeff mentioned, but hit it really well. He's 12th in approach in this field the last 24 rounds. Just to be a little bit different in this field, I do think that Lanto Griffin's interesting play at 8,800. Um, gained really well on TD Green approach last week. He was 30th at Farmers, third at Amex, playing really well right now. He's a guy that a couple of years ago we thought was going to be a big star and kind of uh, had had a few moments and then kind of uh, went went down a little bit. But I think he's back. 
Um, but I, those those three for sure. But uh, Bez and Pereira, I do like a ton this week. And one of them might even be my one and done pick this week. One of them might be there. All right. Uh, let's go on to the 7,000s. It gets it gets grimmer, grimmer here. And, you know, often I will skip going down the names. What I'm going to do is I'm going to break it into halves. We've done this before. Top, like 7,900 to 70, yeah, 7,500. We'll do that first. Aaron Rye, rookie, uh, had a nice little run last week. Uh, was in, well, help is in the final group. Uh, is, is that 79? Michael Thompson having a good year, 79. Lucas Glover, 78. Russell Knox, 78. Chris Kirk, 77. Min Woo Lee making his 2022 debut is at 77. Matt Kuchar, the, uh, the American Sepp Straka, is at 76. <laughs> Andrew Putnam's at 76. Keith Mitchell, 75. Joel Damon, 75. And Cameron Champ at 75. Jeff Ritter, since I made I made your joke in reverse, I'm going to start with you because I mean I kind of like Kucher at that price. He is quietly making cuts, doing what Matt Kucher does, doing what Sepp Straka does, just kind of hanging around and, and popping up on Sunday for that backdoor top twenty, which plays well at this price. So I'm intrigued by Kucher. Uh, Michael Thompson, I think, has only missed one cut this year. Uh, he's had a pretty good year at that price too. So those are probably my two favorites off the the top half of the of the seven thousands. It's an interesting group in here because this is a tournament that anybody can win. We talked about that a couple weeks ago with yep. Amex. Um, I think three of the last five winners, uh, Nick Taylor, uh, Ted Potter Jr., were over a hundred to one to win this tournament. Three of the last five years. So you guys can win this. You just got to go low on MPCC and get hot uh, over the weekend. But I think there's a couple of guys in here that can win. Um, I think Minwoo Lee is really interesting at 7,700. This is someone that won a legit, really good field last year. He won the Scottish Open last year in his last uh, eight events on uh, – he has four top eight finishes last six events on the Euro Tour. Uh, he had a couple of top tens in November. I know he hasn't played in a while. Uh, played Had a top ten in a while. He did finish uh, 35th in Abu Dhabi a couple weeks ago. But this is someone that, like, against really good fields, played really well and actually won a tournament. You don't get that often in the 7,000s. He's the 50, 51st ranked player in the world. Um, you know, I, I admit I don't know a ton about him because he hasn't played. Uh, he hasn't played here, but seventy seven hundred. Um, from what I've seen on the other tours, I really like his price this week. Um, I think Luke, Lucas Glover has a chance to win this week too. He's been top thirty five in all three events this year so far in twenty twenty two, including a fifth at Sony. Hit it really, really well at Sony. We talked about that when he went to Amex. Less so at Amex, but it's tough at Amex because only two of those rounds are, are tracked by the uh, by the shot tracker. So we don't know quite as well how well he played. But top 35 uh, with a top five, I like that. And then I, I think that Aaron Rye showed last week at Torrey a, a tough course, played really well, hit it great, game 6.3 on Tita Green. He was rough at Amex also, but again, that's only two rounds. We have the, the, the ball striking numbers on. Missed the cut at Sony, so it's a little more risk there, but 700 I think is is workable. But I I think I really like Min Lee and Glover this week. I think they both have a chance to win the tournament. Very good. I, I'm not I, I just looked at the 7,400 to 7,000 range. It's it's large um and in charge, so I'm not gonna go name all of them. Uh, but is there anybody in this grouping that you like? We'll start with Scott. It's a tougher, it's a tougher range than the other one. I, I, I really liked guys in the in the upper seven thousands. I don't love a ton here. The guy who's most interesting to me is kind of right at the bottom. It's Grayson Sig at seven thousand. Uh, three starts in twenty twenty two. He's made three cuts. He was thirty fifth, thirty fifth, thirty fourth. I can talk last week at Tory. Uh, he's gained T to green and approach in all three tournaments. You're kind of, you know, down here in this range, you're, just, you're kind of finding someone to, to, to talk up and, and, and squint and find some good numbers. And, you know, gaining in those, both those, uh, both those metrics, but in, uh, in all three events is something I'm interested in. So I like Sig at 7,000. 
The interesting guy people are talking about is Brandon Harkins at 7,100. He won on the Corn Ferry Tour last week, and now he's playing here. He was a top 30 at Pebble in 2018 and 2019, so it's a pretty good course history that goes back a little ways. So you're kind of taking a, a little bit of leap of faith there, but you know he's hitting the ball well right now if he just won last week on the Corn Ferry. I I can't believe you didn't go with Vincent Whaley, uh, your, <laughs> your sneaky under-the-radar bet for the second half of last year. He's still out there making a bunch of cuts, uh, but – I think uh, I flagged, I don't know, Taylor Taylor Pendrith, rookie, yep. uh, you know, hype, probably the most hyped rookie in this class, I would say. Still kind of just looking for him to do something. He made, he made the cut last week, but or in his last event, I should say. But I just, it's just someone, sometimes these early events, you know, like like you said, Scott, this, this is a, an event that can surprise people. Yeah. You get surprise winners, you get a lot of surprise contenders too. So I just look maybe for pedigrees that haven't really popped up yet, so I'm watching Pendrith. I picked up uh, Sahith. I think you say it's Thegala. Thegala, right? Is it? Yeah. I picked him up on my, on my season-long team. Uh, also, I, I, you know, I don't know a lot about him, but I read, I read great things about his college career. And uh, just someone else, I think, you know, you don't have to be a big hitter at this event. He's he fits more of the all-around profile than a power player. So maybe this is a weekend where he can make a cut and make noise. But I agree, there isn't a lot, you know, once you get below 7,500, that I feel like I have to roster. Uh, to fill out a team, You're kind of just throwing darts. I'm, I'm also going to pepper in a little bit of Pat Perez this week at 7300, just based oh, on current form. Call. He finished six last week, but you look at his numbers: gained 5.2 in approach, 4.3 in TD green. He's kind of a streaky guy, but you know, give me someone that's streaky on on the hot part of it. And I think at 7300, I think he's uh, workable and might uh, might uh, make some noise here, especially over the weekend. I wrote down Pat Perez and I forgot <laughs> to say it. Uh, yeah, beautiful. Pat Perez is another West Doesn't Coast count. guy. You he's don't a, get credit. West, West Coast guy. And he uh, feels like a guy a that he feels like a guy that would have fun in a, in a tournament with these amateurs and celebs. I think he, yes. he, he kind of fits right in here. He's a he's a fun loving guy to say the absolute least. It's so funny. He was known for his temper earlier in his career, and now he you know he does a couple of videos, uh, yep. podcast video podcasts, and now he's fun loving Pat Perez. Uh, I think that's so funny how the narrative changes on that. So uh, fast. Any interest in Brant Snedeker, previous champ at this course, a couple of times? Mild, uh, but you can have him. He's yours. Too. Have him. You can plant the flag. I, I, not, I was. I'm not planning that one. No thanks. Not not for me. Just enough uh, ball striking struggles over the last three or four months that I think I'm going to go elsewhere. I am too. Uh, I, and he, he missed the cut here last year too, by the way. So course for horse, uh, uh, horse for course does not quite work with him. If recent form is that bad. So we're finding harder. It's harder to find guys. We're like, yeah, if this, if that, you know, we're not really thrilled about this level. Let's dip into the six thousands. But I think, you know, is there anybody else that catches your eye? Uh, it's a super cheapy special. Uh, let's go Scott this time first. Yeah, I kind of cheated when I did this. Grayson Sig's kind of my name there because he's actually seven seven thousand. Um, mm-hmm. I think you're gonna look at you're you're gonna try and find anything to hold on to in this range. I think Sotashi Kodaira at sixty nine hundred played well at Sony, uh, finished twelfth and hit the ball really well. Gained four point nine TD green, four point seven approach. So you know someone that's playing well, um, you know it, a decent fit here. My other guy here, if you want to go, um, you know horse for course, Brian Gay is sixty four hundred. He's played here the last four years. He has four top forties. And two top tens. He was two. He was top ten in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. I don't love that he missed the cut at Sony and Amex, so the recent form's not there. But if you want to look at course history and find a reason to pay someone down here, 
I think he works. Uh, the other guy down here, Adam Svensson at 6,900 is someone that is uh, getting a lot of buzz for being, you know, a guy that might eventually be a really good player on tour. Hit it really badly last week though, is my only problem. Has made all three cuts he's played this year. So if you wanted to, you know, maybe get someone to slide through the cut, I think Svensson's someone that could slide through the cut and maybe has a, a little bit of an ounce of upside as a, a little bit more upside than, than some of the guys in this range. Yeah, Brian Gay would have been my pick. It's a great call. Course history. You don't need power at Pebble. Um, should be able to hang on the other golf courses. The only other thing I was going to flag is that uh, Austin Smotherman is now on tour. And Could we compare him with Adam Shank? And can we find two others with just like the worst golf names possible to round out this foursome? I just, I'm intrigued by Smotherman and Shank getting those two together. And what, what else could we do from there to finish the foursome? Fred Bogeyman, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Smother was eleventh last week. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit it really well. That's I. Uh, I didn't even. I didn't really. He didn't really pop up for me. But that's uh, if you want to go recent form. That's an interesting name. Yeah, TJ Hooker. I don't know, but uh, you could find something like that. But <laughs> yeah, that that would be bad. Uh, I've heard, I've seen some buzz on golf Twitter on Mark Hubbard. Any interest in him? I know that was a guy that you liked. I think at Honolulu, Scott. Yeah, I did. He did not did not treat us well there. He's got a lot of good ball striking numbers, but I just uh, I don't know. Coming off two missed cuts, I just uh, I I think the ball striking numbers are kind of a little bit too much July, August, and September for me rather than yeah. more recently. So, yeah. and I'm uh, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw Kimbo slice in that foursome for also for there you go. go nice nice. Um, I think that our struggles in this range illustrate one thing: if you Go pay up for Cantlay. You pay up for Berger. I mean, you, your second golfer, you might pay the price. You may not be able to get a second guy in there in the 9,000 range and, you know, avoid, you know, th this range here. I mean, you, maybe you get Kadira in there and that makes it work for you. But the, the fact is, it's there's not a lot of names we like. And that's the consequence of having a diluted field, too. It's a lot harder to find guys in here that you're least intrigued by. You know, usually a couple of weeks we're like, oh, this is risky, but he's intriguing. And I, I couldn't even find that much this week. Yeah. Somebody's going to lotto and get it right. But, sure. you know, that's that's the tricky part. That's why there's an advantage to the people that throw in a ton of lineups, probably. You know, they build they build Cantlay and they, you know, with, with someone else big and then kind of throw some darts on some of the lesser ones, I guess. Yep. Uh, let's pivot on to. Uh, to gaming but before we do that quick note from our blue wire sponsors we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for indulging us there. Blue Wire hosts all of our podcasts on their network. Let's talk gaming and then one and done. Jeff Ritter, who do you like? Who's on your gaming card? I got Mito 40 to 1 on golf odds. What is he, what is he on DraftKings? Uh, 40 to 1. 40 to 1. I love it. Uh, I'm going to stay. I still, God, Jason Day. I mean, I believe 20 to 1 is a little steep, but I, I, I think that could be I, – I kind of expect him to be there on Sunday. Also, there's Wheaton Hope. I mean, Scott, I didn't know – I didn't expect you to be as high on it as you were. I, I like him a lot. 50 to 1 is what I show on golf odds. That is also uh, intriguing. And then you you got me uh, – I started scrambling on the, the <laughs> Minwoo Min Lee argument that you put together was compelling, and I found it more compelling at 80 to 1. So I'm, I'm flagging that one as well. So we're gonna if we if we win this week we're gonna be on the on the same uh, we're gonna be both winning this week because I uh, I'm not going anybody at the top of the board I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. play more more guys down the card a little bit so I'm gonna get a few more bets in there um, I just think it's a tournament where anybody can win and I don't want to lay um, under ten to one on yeah, I obviously think that Burger's gonna be great Cantlay's gonna be great but I'm not laying those odds I'm gonna bet uh, top guy I'm gonna bet is Matthew Fitzpatrick he's twenty eight to one on DraftKings I think that he has a legit chance to win this week I'm worried about the rest but a, a world class player at a pretty good price. Then actually the three guys Jeff mentioned, I've got Mito Pereira at 40 to one, Christian Bez at 50 to one. Minwoo Lee is down to 50 to one on DraftKings. So I need oh. a, I need your 80 to one for sure. Was that during, was that during the podcast? Might, that's probably just dropped. It might've been someone, live, someone live on a live stream. Just, uh, there are heard, heard dozens heard of listeners <laughs> that are pounding that right now. There are oh, dozens so of fast. us. They're so fast. I actually think he has real win equity. I mean, anyone that can win the Scottish Open in that field has a chance to win here, and he's 50-1. to 1. And then um, I'm going to play those four, and then down the card a little bit, uh, small bets on Aaron Rye at 80-1 to 1, and Grayson Sig at 80-1. to 1. I think just a you know, couple buck dart kind of thing. But those those other four up there, I think all have chances to win and all at odds that uh, in, in this field I think are pretty good odds for, for this group. All right, very good. Uh, one and done. Um I'm over three and one and done in our one and done pool. So I'm not even going to say who I'm going to do this. No, uh, I can't do that to the people. I need to give them a negative indicator, the chalk bomb, if you will. I know I'm stealing from another uh, newsletter or podcast on that phrase. So I apologize for that. But uh, so I'll just say, and it won't even be chalk. I'll just be, uh, and I know who you guys are going to go with. I'm just going to go with Jason Day. Believe in the story. I'll take Jason Day. And I apologize, Jason, for breaking your streak at Pebble. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going Christian Bez this week. I'm going to do it. Uh, I don't want to in a tournament where I think anybody can win. I'm not going to burn one of the top guys. Although I, you know, obviously can't land Burger could could win and Burger won last year. But uh, a lot of long shots win here. I think Bez has the. It's going to be a, a 
in a lot of courses later on, I'm not gonna be able to use him because I don't think he's gonna be quite long enough to win the tournament. I think that's not the case here. I think he could win. Uh, I'm gonna take him and kind of uh, you know burn a. I, I don't know if we call him a second tier guy, a third tier guy, but that's where I'm going this week. That leaves me. I'll, I'll be. I'm between McNeely and Mito on the for the final pick. I will throw the dart and and take a shot at Mito. I'll take Love the it. longer odds and, and see what nice. happens. Nice. Love it. Nice. He's gonna, uh, he's gonna, he's gonna win one of these like uh, tournaments with a with a math field. I think it's, uh, I think it's a good way to go. I think I, I like him too. I'm betting him for sure. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Uh, that that sums it up. Uh, we got Bez. We've got Mito. We've got Day. Uh, we've got uh, our bets in there. So a lot of Bez love here. And I, I wish I still had him on my season long team. I like the guy a lot. He's a good golfer. Uh, that's gonna conclude today's pod. If there's anything else you wanna. Hit, hit us with feedback up on Twitter. He's uh, at Scott Jenstad. He's at Jeff underscore Ritter. I'm at Jeff underscore Erickson. Uh, please do that. Thanks for listening to Gaming Golf. We'll be back at you again next week. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.